Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week, we've got Hercules in the Haunted World and 1974's The Arena. I bet there's a lot of muscles and fighting. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. I like that you give us a heads up who has to pick the movies and then be late every week that way. Yeah. The person whose job it is has no choice but to sit by their computer so, staring at the list. I was, I was getting ready to say, so help me God, Brian, if at the end of this podcast you have a list of like seven movies that you watched over the last week and didn't watch this movie until the very last possible second. Well, maybe you'll be in for a surprise. I don't know. Oh, the suspense is going to be tense all through the whole episode. I feel I feel super guilty whenever I have to watch one of these movies after work on Thursday. I'm like, oh. do you really? Though I feel like I'm I'm I've been derelict. Well, stop it, because that's something stupid to be feeling guilty about. Yeah, I would only actually feel guilty if I didn't watch the movie. I feel guilty about all sorts of things all the time, so. I only have three movies that I watched this week. Ah. But that is like seven in some ways. So yeah. technically is that is that three including these two? <laughs> no, that would be five total. <laughs> but one of them I watched with Amanda because she wasn't going to watch these two movies, although she did watch the arena just because I had it on and she couldn't go anywhere and do anything else. She's finally snapped when it comes to quarantine because now she has to put up with our shit. <laughs> uh, but then as you guys saw, I watched Hercules at like six in the morning the other day because I couldn't sleep. <laughs> so I was, I like, was wondering it, I about that. I was like, it's really early in the morning. Yeah. And I woke up at like 4.30 and couldn't go back to sleep. So I was like, well, fuck it. I guess I'm up. Let's watch Hercules. And oh, shit. Quality on Amazon Prime is terrible. I never even checked if that movie was available in a legal format like that. I just went straight to YouTube for it. <laughs> well, it's a good choice because that, that version was way better. Yeah, I'm so disappointed. You said those screen caps, and I was like, well, God damn it. <laughs> I watched this grainy-ass, fuzzy audio-quality bullshit, and there was a better copy on fucking YouTube. Yep. 
yeah, the one on it. It was on Prime. It was full frame. It was terrible. I'm assuming the one on Prime is the VHS rip because I know there's because this movie's been reshown in theaters a bunch of times on a. Uh, uh, I can't remember my film sizes. I think it's a 36 millimeter transfer or something like that. 35? Is it 35? I don't 35 know. is a more standard size. Yeah. It is a movie you like, Noah, so if it was just off by a millimeter, that makes sense, wouldn't it? Well, <laughs> since 36. Well, I'd heard a bunch of things that people were saying that cleaned up real of it was, like, really, really good. But Yeah. It's one of the things I was hoping to do before we started was throw in the Blu-ray that came today and uh, just sort of spot check it and see how good it looked, but I didn't get a chance to. Watch it not look as good as the YouTube copy. Well, it said it was 2K remastered, and it's from Kino Lorber, who they usually put out pretty quality stuff, so I'm kind of excited to actually sit down and watch it again. So got any special features on that Blu-ray? Uh, I think it's got an interview with the guy who played Theseus. And I think there's an audio commentary by Mario Bava's biographer or something. So that's pretty much about it. Then, like I said, three different cuts of the movie. Just three different cuts of that movie? Yeah, there's the U.S. cut. And then uh, there's the Italian cut which apparently is different than has the original Italian language track with uh, English subtitles. And then there's the UK cut, which apparently is also another different cut. I, so. I'm, I'm assuming my 100% guess would be that the UK cut is the worst one. Probably. Because, you know, they're... Americans are prudish and obnoxious about a lot of things, but the fucking UK in their weird uh, propensity to like freak out at the smallest bit of violence in a film is over the top. Yeah, especially the UK back in the day. Like if you go back and you look at the video nasties list, uh, half those movies are just on there for being bad movies. There's nothing in them that you would think would get a movie banned. Right. And it's the UK version is the worst title. Because the US version, obviously, Hercules on Haunted World. The Italian version, I don't know because it's in Italian, but I think it says something about vampires in the title. That doesn't make any sense, but fuck it, it's got vampires but in the title. Pretty cool. Well, it, Christopher Lee's character is a vampire. Yeah, okay, I guess you're right. Uh, and then. Uh, then the UK cut is Hercules in the center of the earth. Yeah. And I'm like, that's the worst title out of all three of those. Well, that, well, that that's it. the version I watched then. Cause I think that's uh, the version I watched on YouTube. Oh, is it? Yeah. I'm, I'm actually a little confused on that. Cause I thought Hercules in the center of the earth is one of the other, um, four movies that Reb was Hercules in it. Uh, I don't know. I could I could be wrong about that, but I swear to God it, 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 that because he's in he's in he was in five movies and four of them are Hercules movies. 
It's possible I watched the entire wrong movie of Christopher Lee's in more than one Hercules movie. No, no. Uh, Haunted World's <laughs> the only one with Christopher Lee. I, I kind of assumed that to be true. Uh, badass Christopher Lee, which, I mean, that's kind of redundant. You just say Christopher Lee, and it's that just yeah. means badass, but... I think that's Still. why the word badass was invented was because Christopher Lee was live and they're like, yeah, we don't have anything strong enough yet. Uh, let's see. He was in Hercules Conquers Atlantis, Hercules in the Haunted World, Hercules Prisoner of Evil, and then Hercules the Avenger. Yeah, I and, guess that's right. So, And he was also Macastay in King Solomon's Mines. Not a Hercules movie, but probably could be. The, just a name change. Yeah, I know there's some weirdness with that because if you look at some of the uh, the Italian to English Hercules switches, the the characters listed as Macaste. So I don't know if that's just the Italian name for Hercules, but I don't know. I can, I can be wrong. Well. Since we're talking about it, I guess uh, we could probably just jump right into it. Uh, Noah, do you want to tell us about Hercules in the Haunted Sure. Planet? So, like, there there is an overplot involving uh, Hercules' future wife. His, uh, I, I don't really understand it. The, the evil vampire Christopher Lee has somehow sent her to Hades, but she's alive? Is that is that right? <laughs> sure, I still don't sure. I still don't quite grasp it. I think there was some translation problems there. Uh, sort of so, in charge of her for some reason. Yep. Yeah, so Her- Hercules and his buddy uh, uh, Theseus set off in a buddy cop style <laughs> romp romp across ancient Greece, in which they perform loose translations of the Greek myths of Hercules. Like, like, yeah, some, some of this is out of the myths, but it's, it's usually modified in subtle, weird ways. Uh, but basically they journey into the underworld, save Hercules's future wife in the process, kidnap Persephone, who for some reason they keep saying is Pluto's daughter, but in mythology, she's, like his half wife, <laughs> uh, the same thing. I, I think it's reasonable to say that this movie does not shoot for authenticity. So, well, but they and clearly it, they clearly made some attempt because, like I said, a, a lot of it it rides close. It just has these weird changes that it's almost like somebody didn't quite remember the story, so they just made something yeah. up. No, yeah. The screenwriters or director, whoever was in charge of the story, studied this shit in high school like the rest of us and then forgot most of it. And they're like, I think Persephone's down there. Let's just have it be her. That's all. They, yeah. they didn't they didn't double check their work. And that's not what the intent of this film was. Yeah. So they uh, so they get back to. Uh, home and then of course evil vampire Christopher Lee is doing his evil vampire thing but it turns out that they've also pissed off uh, Hades and or Pluto depending on I think they call him Pluto in this one I 
kind of go back and forth, I think, actually. By, I use both names. Yeah, by kidnapping his wife and or daughter, <laughs> depending on if that's a translation issue or if that's what they meant to say. Uh, and uh, so then that's that's the real crux of the movie that Hercules and Theseus get into a pissing contest about whether or not they'll send her back. And then she ends up drugging Theseus and sending herself back. Uh, oh, yeah. And there's a third character who I'm 90 percent sure that when Republicans use the word cuck all the time, that they're actually <laughs> to this movie. <laughs> Like, do you guys think do you think that's what they did? They were like, yeah, these dudes are that third character in that <laughs> old Gosh. 1960s Hercules movie. So you're more focusing on him. I was more focusing on, man, Theseus is kind of a dick. Oh, yeah. I did just... You guys- did you guys love the joke at the end of the movie when that guy commits suicide and everybody has a good laugh at him dying by <laughs> swimming out into the ocean to drown? Uh, Everybody's like, he's like, that's it. I've had enough of Theseus taking my chicks, so I'm going to kill myself. And he wanders into the ocean. And our heroes are all like having a chuckle about this. Like, ha he's dead now. I mean, like, at the beginning when they introduce that character and so he's sitting there and Theseus is in the water with this girl and he's like, yeah, we were going to get married, but Theseus talked me out of it because it was a bad idea. And Theseus is like, yeah, it's a bad idea while he's over there like grinding on this girl in the pool. And and then she's like, yeah, tell me you love me. And he's like, you know, I love you. And then Hercules is like, let's go. And he's like, yeah, let's go. I'm fucking bored. Get off me, bitch. <laughs> yeah yeah what what does he specifically say he's just like yeah i'm tired of there being nothing to do around here and then just pushes her away she's just he's like, like yeah, sitting on his lap <laughs> yeah. he is he is terrible which is which is an interesting switch because in mythology hercules is kind of the dick yeah, but he's the hero of the movie, so he can't be a dick. Right, right. Again, this movie is not complex enough for us to have like a conflicted no. hero. No. I was go- yeah, I was going to mention the uh, the story in this, even like some of the acting. Meh, take it or leave it. Uh, the big attraction for this movie, it's directed by Mario Bava, and visually, it is amazing. Oh, my God. And so while I'll agree that the plot isn't exactly, you know, this isn't fucking Shakespeare. Yeah. But uh, but God damn it. It's fun. Every fucking second of this movie is fairly enjoyable. Yeah. And even even in like the boring bad parts, you're still like, ha, 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 ha. You know? <laughs> yeah, throw that rock monster, dude. Fuck him. Ha, ha, ha. You know? <laughs> Yeah. He, uh, oh. yeah, it's just, yeah, he does a fantastic job with the visuals. Like everything, I was just like, this could be a painting. Like that could be a painting. This could be a painting. God damn it. And like we said, we were watching a kind of a shitty, well, me and Doug were watching kind of a shitty YouTube version, not the shittier Prime version. Uh, so, I mean, I can't believe I got robbed watching the shitty Prime version. <laughs> So I immediately went to Amazon. I'm like, I kind of love this movie, so I'm just going to buy it. Picked up the Blu-ray, so I need to uh, check out the uh, cleaned-up version and see how good it looks. 
Yeah, he was. Uh, uh, God damn it. I keep forgetting this actor's name over and over and over again. Reg, Reg, Reg Park. Oh, Reg Park, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he was the last on my list of 1960s actors playing Hercules. Because <laughs> that a, list. That's a weird list to have. Well, here's, here's the fucked up thing. That's a way longer list than it should be. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a, there's a lot. Like. Well, what can you say when the character's public domain? A character's public domain. What are you gonna do? Right. <laughs> I like the fact that like Hercules movies were almost a, their own subgenre. There were so many of them. They're like Santo films, except the actor changes. I don't know why you use the term "almost their own subgenre." There's so many. Right. <laughs> and they haven't stopped. Just so we're clear, they're like, yeah. there's probably a Hercules film in development right now. Yeah. <laughs> true yeah the rock even got to play hercules at one point mm-hmm. i still haven't seen to... that <laughs> it's super fucking weird that like the rock and kevin sorbo both played hercules relatively recently because <laughs> those yeah. guys look so much alike you know what the weirdest thing is everybody loves the rock so much and and i like the rock quite a bit mm-hmm. am i the only person that him being in a movie is a negative like when somebody goes, oh, yes. it's that new movie with the rock in it. I'm like, yeah, I don't give a fuck about that because yeah. that's no, fucking you are, dumb. You are the only one. No, Good. he's not actually the only one. I oh. gotta step in here. How I, dare I, you. I like, I, I like the rock. I like some of his movies, but he just makes so much crap. That's and what I'm saying. Like, he's like he, he's better than the movies he makes, and I don't know why that is. But he, it's I think it's just because he needs to make twenty seven a year and. There aren't 27 good movies in a year for him to be in, I guess. But he just is constantly in crappy movies. I I think the whole thing is, so I, I don't think it's uh, any secret that I fucking despise big CGI-esque Michael Bay fucking style movies. I don't like them. They're not fun. They're bad. They're bad movies. I don't get it. And that's almost exclusively the domain of rock. Like... <laughs> That's that's what he makes. With the exception of movies like Baywatch, in which I watched Baywatch and it was pretty fucking funny. Not not great, but it was funny. I don't know. So Noah, what did you think of Hercules? <laughs> uh no, I had a great fucking time. Well, okay, we talked about this last week. I fucking love sword and sandal movies. It's hard to find one. I'm not gonna be into. This one was actually, like, way fucking better than I thought it was going to be. Because I, I thought it was going to be one of the okay ones. And, man, it, I, I think it's the Bava. It's so pretty. Yeah. And I'm going to say, they did, like, a riff tracks of this or something, and I'm like, why? It's not... <laughs> I don't see this movie as being in need of commentary. Well, it's... It... They wanted to discuss the ridiculous plot points of just having him go on these little we would call this a video game movie nowadays where it's just like you do level one and you do level two then you do level three and you just go on your little adventure right now is we le- have to find the golden apple or whatever the fuck it is is level one yeah. throwing a wagon into a uh, set of uh fucking um i don't know scaffolding what 
<laughs> I was going to say, what a great fucking tone setter that scene is. Because that's right at the beginning of the movie where he's just like, man, fuck it. Huh? <laughs> Theseus, look out. Yeah, because like the very beginning of the movie, I'm just like, I don't know. Like they're in this kind of shitty, just, you know, foresty area. And I'm just like, meh. But then once he begins on his journeys to, you know, get the golden apple and whatever other MacGuffins he has to gather up before he can go to Hades. All that stuff was fantastic. Did you guys get like a, a Dario Argento vibe off of the way that some of this is shot? Like with the uh, the saturated chromatic colors and stuff in the scenes, especially in the underworld. Mm, yeah, yeah, I guess I can see that. I mean, that that's pretty typical of Baba stuff, though, right? Yeah, I suppose so. So I don't know. Usually, I think of him more of the you know the big uh, set piece type stuff. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's pretty. It's fun. I like all the actors. I like the the, the dubs. A pretty good dub. Only disappointment. No Christopher Lee on his uh, English dub. But apparently he did uh, dub his Italian dub. So that's fucking random as shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's Christopher Lee though. There's yeah, always I... something with that fucking guy. I'm just saying, if I could get into a goddamn time machine and find out what the fuck they were doing when they were doing these Italian to English dubs, I would just, I would love to know. <laughs> They're like, well, we have him here, and he speaks English. It, no. He's, he's, he's fr- isn't he from England? Yeah, yeah. No, we can't have him do the English, though. Oh, we don't have a good Italian guy, though. Does he speak Italian? He speaks a little Italian. Okay, so he'll do the Italian. <laughs> He's only available for exactly an hour and a half. So <laughs> let's have him do the Italian one. We'll have someone else do the English one. So, Doug, what did you think of this movie? Um, yeah, I'm not nearly as high on it as you guys are. Ah, oh, bummer. Uh, I... I really, the first while, I was like, okay, yeah, I got my chuckles out of Theseus being fucking <laughs> terribly misogynistic. I mean, yeah, that was funny to watch, but I was pretty bored when he was, Hercules was hunting for that apple and that one scene where he picks up a rock that's clearly not a rock. And I'm just like, I don't know. I was pretty bored. When they get to Hades, yeah, the visuals kick in and there's some pretty impressive visuals like the scene where Theseus like spoiler alert falls into the lava and has this like Darth Vader moment of getting sunk right in there that looked fucking great that was just amazing and then you know the whole climax where you see like the corpses rising or whatever the hell was going on that was all fantastic looking um you know that's where I'm like yeah that's typical Baba stuff that he's really good at but I just I found it difficult to make it through an hour and a half long movie where I just I didn't care about the plot at all or any of the characters at all. So no, I almost I almost wish I could watch the scenes that the, the best visual scenes without the, you know, need for the whole movie to be playing. <laughs> I, 
see, I don't know. See, because whenever I watch this movie, I don't like I said, there there is the overplot. But I kind of watch this more like I would watch a uh, an anthology film. You know what I mean? Each little section of the story is its own self-contained story. Yeah, that's fair. Um, which I think is kind of typical of Hercules stories. Like that's kind of the, if somebody asks you to describe Hercules life, it's just, Oh, he went on a lot of adventures and each one of them had many steps. That's kind of just, he punched a fucking lion. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And I mean, part of that is, this is just probably my bias. Like this isn't my type of movie. I don't generally get into these types of things. So it's like, I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not immediately drawn to this, and therefore, like, yeah, obviously, when the good visuals pop up, they get my attention. But I didn't really need feel the need to watch, like, a lot of the stuff. Like when they were on those boats, and it's like, well, this looks pretty good. Like, you know, given the technology, the era, and stuff, they've done a good job of creating this, these scenes. They're on those boats for a while, man. They go all the way on the one boat, and then they go all the way back, and you're like, Jesus Christ, they're taking a long time to get across here. <laughs> like, did, had they not invented montages yet? Is there no such thing as a sailing montage in 1961? Well, yeah. I was going to say it's the 60s. They're, they're, they're padding that time for that hour and a half mark. Yeah. And then I, I, I had to, like, I'm like, when Persephone was just hiding in the boat... And they're all like, we need Theseus to finally help with the sailing because he's been downstairs by himself this entire time. Like, what? He's not by himself. There's a woman down there. And you're just like, come on, man. Like, they're they're on this real small boat. Everyone knows if there's a woman on there or not. <laughs> At least the, the, the crazy part is they were probably all like, he is down there just savagely masturbating. <laughs> he has a serious sexual disorder of some yeah. kind. The implication is clear. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I like I say, the climax looked friggin' fantastic. The, the, some of the scenes in Hades looked great. But that's kind of all this movie has going for it from my perspective. And that's not usually enough for me to say, like, oh, yeah, I'd recommend watching a movie just because it looks good. It has to have something else going for it. I... I know it's kind of dumb, but my favorite scene in this whole fucking movie is that end fight scene where, like, the the army of undead are attempting to run up the hill, and Hercules is just finding endless uh, 13-foot-long rock stalactites to just whip down this hill at them over and over and over again. Like, that scene's real long of him just like, oh, here's another one. <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting way to pad the runtime. So I'm keep throwing shit. Just keep doing it. Just over and over and over. It was just the I think the funnest part is you could tell that those, you know, big styrofoam logs were fairly light, but you know, they had to have enough weight to them that he could hurl them. And if you pay attention whenever they hit some of those actors, I don't think those stuntmen are faking that fall. I think they're like, Ugh! <laughs> shit. <laughs> This guy's really throwing those things hard. It does sort of feel like when you watch that moment, you're like, you know, how like sometimes the actors will have a special skill and they'll, you know, the rock will use his eyebrow occasionally in movies, for an example. And they're like, what's this guy's skill? He can pick stuff up and kind of drop it. All right, well, let's have him do that for four and a half minutes straight. <laughs> how good is he at swinging a 
rock tied to a rope in a circle. <laughs> Pretty good, according to this movie. Or they just shot it from like 12 different camera angles and just kept reusing it. Maybe he only did it once. Who knows? Yeah. Do you guys think they had 12 cameras on him for that shot? Or... I, w- I will say this, despite the fact that uh, Doug's not excited, man, I need to slot a whole bunch more Hercules fucking movies into that. <laughs> oh, we're not becoming the fucking Hercules podcast. Hercules podcast. I'm curious yes. to see some more of the Reg Park movies, but kind of worried they're not going to be as visually stunning as this movie was oh i'll tell you something fucking damn disappointing so i didn't watch any other reg park movies this week even though that is exactly what i wanted to do after watching this i was like oh shit i'm gonna watch the rest of them because there's you know there's only three more and i got back on to amazon prime and i'll be goddamned (laughs) if if this isn't the only one that was on there yeah, like when I was looking up the Blu-ray on Amazon, uh, I was curious if there was any other, if there was like a set or something of all the Reg Park ones, and there isn't, which is weird. Somebody should just make, there should just be like a Hercules 1960s box set of all of them, like mushed together. <laughs> There's gotta be weird legal issues with that i can't even imagine i'm sure there would be but they're all i mean those those movies aren't exactly high dollar things i'm sure somebody could afford to pay the licensing rights to smash them all in a box yeah i don't know i'm not sure how much that how many of those boxes they'd sell you guys can each buy one but maybe with the exception of the lou ferrigno one it's still kind of in high demand Never seen either either one of those either. So I think there's two of those in there. Yeah, I think, I think so. there's there's two of those. There's the Steve Reeve ones in which there's like fucking I don't even fucking know eight of those or something like that because there's like four where he's Hercules and then he plays son of Hercules for some fucking reason and <laughs> like. <laughs> I don't know. There's those. There's the plus. There's the Ulysses movies, and there's fucking. I don't know. There's there's a bajillion of these movies. Yeah, all I know is uh, in one of the Lou Frigno ones, he punches a bear into space. So that he does, and it becomes a constellation. <laughs> We've all seen that clip. Uh, all right. Anything else about Hercules before we move on? Uh, it's delightful. If you like this kind of thing, you'll enjoy it. I think I can kind of agree with that. Uh, I think it's beautiful, so you should check it out. I was I was going to say there's really with sword and sandal movies. There's kind of only three settings. There's like. Uh, the kind of dark exploitative ones, which we'll get into in a minute. There's the very lighthearted, almost kids movie-esque ones, which that's what the Steve Reeves Hercules movies are like. Uh, And then there's this one, which this is like that perfect middle ground where it's not 
it's not exactly like a kid's movie, but it's not all grim dark either. You know what I mean? <laughs> there aren't like a thousand rape scenes or anything. Although Theseus tries. I mean, he pushes the line a little bit. There's, yeah. definitely, there's definitely some consent issues, but... There's, there's a vibe that's inappropriate. I don't know if we'd go as far as to accuse him of anything criminal. Right. This one, this is one that you could show a child. They just wouldn't enjoy it as much as the more cartoon. <laughs> yeah, you true. show a child anything if you don't care whether they enjoy it or not. <sighs> And then we come to Arena, which I also yeah. showed a child. <laughs> I don't think you should show Arena to a child. It's no, any it's child I can find. I'm just going to broadcast it on the side of my house. <laughs> yeah, so Arena, uh, probably the person I know the most in this is Pam Greer, of course. Um, So we see a bunch of women being rounded up from multiple camps uh, and they are all taken into slavery and sold off to some Roman um, emperor or some nonsense doesn't matter uh, they start off as pretty much wait staff at the, at the arena where gladiators kill each other and then someone decides hey it'd be a great idea if we had the women fight each other just for something different so then they have to start fighting each other and then decide, fuck this bullshit. Let's start a revolt and escape. And that's pretty much Arena. Yeah. So let, let's get it out of the way right away. This is pretty much an allegory for the Attitude Era of the WWE, right? <laughs> there was, they were literally, they're like, fuck, we're out of ideas. What about two-on-one matches? No, how about a Divas division? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's I, did, I did not think of it that way, but that is exactly <laughs> pretty much. They're like hardcore matches, two on ones. What can we do here? <laughs> I do like the escalation too, because the first women's match, they're like, ha ha ha, it's silly. Women can't fight, and then by like the third match, they're like, kill her. <laughs> we want to watch her lady blood. Uh, my first note on this movie, so. I'm not going to say it's not exploitative, right? Oh, oh it is. Yeah. Because it is. But I will say nowhere near as exploitative as you would think this movie is. It's actually kind of got like a plot and character arcs and the exploitative bits are kind of segregated and almost all toward the beginning of the movie. And it's almost like they smuggled in an actual movie under the guise of an exploitation movie. <laughs> They're like, we'll throw in a couple of rape scenes right there at the beginning. And then everybody will be like, oh, it's a women in prison film. No, it's a rebellion film. This is the Star Wars of ancient Rome. <laughs> Let's not exaggerate things. <laughs> Not in quality. I'm talking about in the a team of misfits groups up together to fight the man. I guess. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think this is an exploitation film through and through. It's just the beginning is more sexual exploitation, and towards the end, it becomes the kind of exploitation style of violence that they. 
decide to put on display. Mm-hmm. And certainly the the ridiculousness of the plot is something straight up an exploitation movie. Like they, we literally see these women trying to fight about what an hour into the movie, and they like can't even lift up the swords, and they don't know how to swing them, and they're like falling down. Fast forward twenty minutes later, and they're all like using bow and arrows like they've trained their whole lives with them and they're like fighting off the Roman guards with swords and it's like yeah I'm not sure if it I'm not sure if these women had time to learn all these skills in the three days since they first picked up a weapon but you know that's fine because it's an exploitation movie so as long as it's fun to watch that's all that counts yeah I was gonna say don't don't care still do (laughs) yeah no it's a this type of movie does not lend itself to like you know oh wait a minute how do they learn how to do that it's like it's not it's plot convenient for them to do that right now so they're gonna do it look at they're gonna run into these catacombs and they're gonna hide under some blankets and ambush some guards that doesn't make any fucking sense but it's fun to watch were you guys a little confused by the lack of pam greer nudity (laughs) compared to other people be i was i was like at least we're gonna get a bunch of her naked and it was like no but they <laughs> all do this, a, all they this skinny a, white girl they have it do a dance scene and they have just the camera at crotch level the entire time is that, that good enough that for you they do and you also get <laughs> naked crotch but you don't get you don't get boobs it's weird <laughs> that's really that odd not not complaining just just pointing out that it's odd because general expectations of a Pam Greer movie is usually she's making for a good portion of it. Now we know why no one really picked this movie. Yeah. I picked this movie because I wanted to fucking watch this movie. And wasn't disappointed. It was delightful. This movie's like super fun to watch though because you can't like the plot description failed to mention that the idea for starting the divas division in the, of the gladiators comes from like the guy walking into the kitchen to see why his food's taking so long. And the women are having a big food fight <laughs> and it's like, Oh, we should do this in front of people. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I love it. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to say, so there are some positives and negatives to the film. So there's a, there's at least two, uh, straight up rape scenes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are bad. <laughs> rape, rape scenes are always bad. I was waiting to see Fuck. which column you were going for. Yeah, no, just... <laughs> no, it's always bad. Like I, I, I enjoy movies that happen to have it in it, but never because it's in it. <laughs> like, uh, but I was going to say, so in this one, those those two. Uh, and there's probably more than that. I'm I'm talking physical force penetration scenes is what I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, they are not done to be sexy, which is generally good. Like that's the yeah. better way to do it. Don't 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 make it sexy. And and I do not feel that either of this them in this film were done for titillation purposes. Although the second one was punitive. It's supposed to be, uh, oh, this character deserves it kind of thing, and that's not cool. That's pretty dark. Well, no, but I don't think the message of the film was that the character deserves it. I think the message of the film was that the you don't You don't think so? You don't think after setting that character up to be hated that entire time that her getting gaggle gang raped in the middle of the final fight isn't? I don't know. 
intentional. Like, I just I have a hard time believing, that. especially in it because uh, I do believe this was also an Italian movie. So, you you know how they is. <laughs> awesome. Uh, um. Yeah, so that's bad. But besides that, not a whole lot of that. Although there is references and awful ickiness, but it's a, it's a movie about lady slaves. Of course, they're treated badly because yeah. they're slaves. If if this was a movie about slaves being treated nicely, we would be watching Gone with the Wind, and that would be worse on some levels. <laughs> But besides that, so once once you get past all of those uh, icky, horrible, uh, this is the 1970s bits. Man, the violence is great, though. I like all the fight scenes. and Yeah, the fight scenes are super fun. They're that that weird sort of like they're not realistic. They're not gory, but they're just kind of fun to watch them swing swords at each other and stuff. Right, right. The, the, the choreography is not like super great, but no. For the right. type of Chore- movie it is, it's fine. But yeah, yeah, the choreography isn't good, but they're kinetic enough to be effective. Like, there's enough movement and constant motion and stuff that makes them interesting. Unlike, uh, compared to something like a uh, Star Trek fight, you know, where there's the one big punch, take five breaths, punch, <laughs> take five breaths, you know, which is boring and weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it helps if you know this is a Corman movie going in. I figure like that sets the uh, expectations appropriately. Oh uh, yeah, I think you you know, you know what you're getting into just by looking at the poster or anything else for this movie. It, it doesn't hide what it is. I mean, you could end up getting a Piranha, or you could end up getting I don't know something way worse. I feel like this is nicely in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this isn't a great movie. This is just a fun-to-watch women gladiators movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, we should uh, probably address, if we're going to mention the negatives, we should probably talk about how the one running joke in the movie is that like a gay guy buys all the female slaves and they keep making the same joke of like a gay guy buying women what could he possibly want with them he doesn't have any need for women and they just keep going back to that joke over and over again (laughs) and i'm like i don't i'm sure in 1974 that was a socially acceptable joke (laughs) i'm having a hard time sitting through it in 2020 (laughs) uh not just 1970s so i'm i'm still re-watching scrubs for listening to that (laughs) podcast and Jesus fucking Christ, there's so many, like, yeah. bad gay jokes that you're like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, I do not oh. remember that. Oh, God. It was the late 90s before gay jokes got taken out of kids' shows. So. Right. <laughs> I don't know. That's bad. And there was, I, I didn't remember this, but apparently there's two different episodes where there's blackface and scrubs. And I was like, oh, oops, that's not good either. <laughs> yeah. Finding out a lot of shows had some blackface. 
even some of them that it's not necessarily blackface. Everybody's just like, well, just to be safe, we're going to take this out. Right. I'm not a fan. See, I, I, I don't know. People can disagree with me on this if they want. I'm not a fan of taking it out. I would prefer they do what, uh, Warner Brothers did with the old Looney Tunes cartoons where at the beginning they put, you know, when when these were made, we didn't know any better, but we're not going to, like, hide it. So here it is. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. We, I we, actually, apo- we apologize for being bad people. I was actually in an online discussion today about whether the Dukes of Hazzard should be taken off TV because of the Confederate flag. And my response was, why not put up a disclaimer? help people start a discussion about why it's wrong to have that flag on that car, even if the people who made the show didn't necessarily have any negative intentions, you know? But to me, that's what you do. You you use that as a learning opportunity rather than just trying to hide it all. Yeah. Right. And I think, like, I think that's what's happening now. With, we mentioned Gone with the Wind a few minutes ago. I think HBO Max has taken it down, and they want to put it back up with something like that to help people understand it. And, you know, of course, certain people are all upset about that or whatever, but it's like, that's, that's, it's okay to acknowledge that some things that happened in the past were not, are not socially acceptable now. And there's nothing wrong with using, using that opportunity, I don't think. Yeah. I have no idea how how we got here from our prison movie from the gladiator times, but... Well, because once again, there are problematic things. Well, okay, so let's discuss the sexism of the arena, okay? So we have this whole movie. These women are, they've been enslaved. Obviously, I'm assuming we can all agree that it's wrong to enslave these women. And they're leading up their revolt. And the time comes for them to go to the male slaves to discuss the matter. And what's the first thing they say to them? No, no, no. It makes sense for you guys to be slaves and to have to fight for the entertainment of everybody else, but it's wrong for us women. So we want you to help us escape, and then you just stay here and keep being slaves. And I'm like, sexist bitches. What the hell, man? <laughs> Why not take the men slaves with you? <laughs> but they're, they're literally the line of dialogue is something like, it's so natural for men to kill each other, so you should just stay here and keep fighting to the death. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> I'll tell you what the most the most surprising thing in this entire movie is. It's uh is is his name Severus, the uh the bald slave who's like chief slave. Yeah. It, that character is surprisingly deep and dynamic for this kind of a movie. Yeah. I mean I don't I don't know. I just I just thought that was interesting because by the end of it you're like Fuck, they really gave that character like an arc, like a real arc. The, the weird thing where they bring up that he um, like he impregnated one of the slaves and when she's killed, he's actually like devastated by it because he actually cared for her. I'm like, that's why are we going there in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's it was well done, actually, but it kind of stood out as like. You know, shouldn't he just be stabbing people right now? Well, he's going to commit suicide rather than get crucified because he wants to die with honor somehow. I'm like, again, weird, but okay. 
Well, I think it's I think it's one of those things that it's supposed to be that at the beginning of the movie, you see him as this. uh like sellout character, you know what I mean? That he's the he's he's the dude who's a slave, but treating the other slaves like trash so that he gets yeah. special treatment or whatever. But by the end, you kind of realize it's like, well, well, no, he's just been here for a while and he actually has a life. And now he's tied into this existence as a slave rather than, you know, still yeah. being with the people fighting against it, if that may, I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, surprisingly deep. It's a surprisingly deep character. It's the for, only for surprisingly this, deep character. Right, right. No one else, no one else changes. Uh, well, I take that back. Maybe blonde chick. Because she goes from being a Karen at the beginning of the movie to actually being a badass. That's <laughs> <laughs> accurate. Oh, and I'd say, like, Pam Greer's character has a little arc there where she's originally just trying to save herself and she then is going to save all the women slaves and leave the men slaves to die. Yeah, it didn't work out too good. Well, she tried, you know. She tridents the fuck out of some people, though. <laughs> yeah, that the whole violence, the uprising at the end, that violence is really fun to watch. Like I say, it starts with them, like, all these women slaves are suddenly, suddenly they have bows and arrows that I don't know where they got them, and they're, like, excellent marksmen with them. But, you know, it's super fun, and then it leads to that chase through the underground tunnels, and finally right. the two get out. And then you're like, okay. There's all sorts of there's one of the best moments, I think, is so whenever the uh, drunk chick doesn't make the jump and, you know, they're trying to pull her up. But the soldiers show up and they're chucking spears at him and stuff. And uh, drunky dies and Pam Greer's character, instead of running, picks up a spear and fucking kills the shit out of that Roman. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck those guys. Kill him with his own spear. Fuck your spear. Fuck these Romans. So Uh, good. So I don't know if anybody noticed, but movie is edited by Joe Dante. I did notice that. I I mean, not because of the editing style, just because of his name and credits. Me too. I was like, Joe Dante. Uh, And then some of the stuff I was reading, apparently all of the weapons in this were real. And somehow nobody got hurt during production. That trident was real? Because that's weird. I mean, it even looked like it was made out of plastic. It's just what IMDb told me. That does that does sound like a 1970s Italian movie, though. <laughs> Here's some real weapons. Pretend to stab her by stabbing her. Just don't break the skin. I know, um... Um, Pam Greer and the blonde girl both did all their own fighting and stunts in the movie, which is kind of, of impressive. That's not surprising when you see how some of it's done, though. Yeah, of course. Especially when you see that Pam Greer is significantly better at it than the other girl, and it's like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Reason why one of you is more famous. 
Yeah, there's there's no end to that. You ever it, she just exudes badass in these fucking old movies. Yeah. yeah. Which is which is awesome from a female actress, you know what I mean? Not a lot of them pull off that like she could just beat the fuck out of you at the drop of a hat <laughs> thing. I don't know why I'm thinking about this now and I didn't think about it watching the movie, but is there like some significance to the fact that she's the only black one. You would think in the movie, in, in an Italian movie about slaves fighting in a gladiator pit, that that would be unusual. I and mean, the fact that she ends up being like the survivor and kind of the hero is—is is that a is that intentional or is that just because it's Pam Greer? It's interesting that it only really comes up twice when she is uh, called to service the only black male gladiator. Yeah. Uh, in which, of course, there's that weird thing where, like, he tries to force her and then she's like, no, you forgot who you are. And he's like, oh, my God, you're right. And she's like, cool, let's have sex now. <laughs> it is. It's, it's a weird moment. Yeah. yeah. But I'm teach you a lesson. I'm going to keep my shirt on. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and, and then, of course, there's the moment where the bitchy, uh, redheaded uh, Roman slave girl that does nothing but make everyone yeah. miserable uh, makes some comment of that's just because you're black or something like that. She, she, I remember she refers to her as a black. Yeah. I'm just uh, like, oh, that's ooh. because you're a black. Yeah. It, I don't like man, don't, don't say I, that. I'm I'm assuming it's partially real, real, but that fucking look on Pam Greer's face of I'm going to fucking murder you right now for that. <laughs> it's just that's what kicks off the uh, the food fight, yeah. food fight yeah. that results in the whole in the whole thing. Yeah, that particular bit of racism was important plot wise. Oh, my God. I just it was it was worth it. Just for that that look on Pam Gurr's face of I'm gonna fucking destroy yeah. you. <laughs> you de- you fucked up. You fucked up real bad. <laughs> yeah. She was good in this movie. Like this movie suited her talent of just being a badass. Well Right. Be a badass, deliver one liners. That's it. Just do those that's, things. Yeah, no, like, that's all. That's no all the things. It's like you were you were doing a list, but you ran. You know, that's all. Well, I was gonna say and pop a titty out now and then, but that's that's an unfair expectation from a man. And also, she didn't in the movie, so right. Because she didn't, she didn't need to. I'm just basing the pop a titty out on her career. <laughs> uh, we have to do some more Pam Greer movies. Fuck yeah. Some Foxy Brown. and Foxy Brown, maybe. Good times. Yeah. We, we Coffee and welcome home, Brother Charles. See? Say what? No, but it would be funny because it would oh, be one, what, one movie based completely around Pam Greer's uh, boobs, and then a second movie based completely around one dude's giant dick. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't 
that doesn't sound like we should do that. <laughs> I think, Doug, I think you would get a kick out of Welcome Home, Brother Charles. It's it's a movie about a dude getting out of prison and then, like, choking dudes to death with his dick. <laughs> so, and not, like, and not the way you're thinking. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like garroting, like garroting dudes with his penis. I don't, I don't know if I want to see that necessarily. <laughs> well, guess what we're doing next week. <laughs> All right. Anything else about the arena before we move on? No, this was a good fun exploitation movie. Like this is the kind of like sword and sandal movie I can get behind where it's just it's just fun to watch them fight and hit each other with swords and people who clearly shouldn't be waving swords at each other are waving swords at each other so you know a few people got hurt on set at least a little yeah I enjoy that yeah I was gonna say the only other thing I would say is all the performances in this movie are like uh, pretty damn good pretty damn good for what it is yeah, they're they're good for a 1974 exploitation film about women gladiators. They're better right. than what you're expecting. Yeah, because you kind of expect everything to be like campy and off, but everybody's putting in a legit performance. Yeah, they they have their campy characters. Unfortunately, that I don't know what his job title was, but the gay guy he was played up for camp, and it was unfortunate because I it was call him so offensive. Because yeah. that's pretty much all they give him as a personality. Yeah, and it's so that was. I mean, that was a bit difficult to watch, and I'm not exactly like a, a rights that activist. Is, pretty good at stuff, that, but it was. I was gonna say that and zooming in on his legs a bunch. Did you guys notice that where they would be like, "Look, sexy lady leg," and then it would zoom out and be like, "Ha ha ha! It is a man with shaved <laughs> legs." Yeah, I think they thought it was hilarious that he shaved his legs, even though he was a man. I think that's. I think the filmmakers genuinely thought that was a good joke. Yeah. Maybe Roger Corman's like, "I'm going to make these people who don't like gay people feel weird about themselves." So here we go, sexy leg. Oh, it's a guy. You were turned on by a guy. How much do you hate yourself now? I don't think that's what was happening at all. I don't know. <laughs> And then immediately, immediately somebody would say, what are you doing buying women? And everybody would laugh again because everybody in the movie thought that was a funny joke. <laughs> the weirdest part of the whole movie was when they were running through the catacombs and Forrest Whitaker jumped out of nowhere. <laughs> cut a rope and a half and yelled, ghost dog. <laughs> uh, all right, does anybody need a break? <laughs> that snuck up on me. I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> Nobody ever sees Ghost Dog coming. That's the whole point. Ghost Dog! <laughs> Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Alright, we got one piece of feedback. Um, Weird. Our good buddy uh, Terho Kent said a non... Uh, 
non-Kyrgyz rant. Stating he's not from Kyrgyzstan. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, guys. So his feedback means nothing to us, but we'll read it anyway. Pretty much. Hey, guys, I have so much to discuss from the Invasion Faculty episode. During the discussion about how expensive things became from the 70s to the 90s, Ronald Reagan was given credit for the price of inflation, but one might also want to lay a large amount of blame on Richard Nixon. In the early 70s, he decided to end the Bretton Woods system, essentially ending any ties between gold and the dollar, because dollars can be printed faster than new gold can be discovered. Purchasing power of the dollar could be diluted with greater ease. The history of U.S. monetary policy is fascinating and help explains the cyclical bubbles and crashes we've lived through. That's too much, too much smart person stuff saying. He, saying I think he sent, he sent the email to the wrong podcast, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> also, 100% agree that is accurate. No, he's correct. He's just, it's just not. Saying a bunch of smart words we don't understand. Yeah. Uh, but then he continues, but enough about that. No, I would argue that while the 90s may not have been great for horror movies, it wasn't a bad decade. Much of the music is memorable. Then again, that might be my bias from having been born in 1984. I agree that the haircuts and fashion are pretty awful, but how can someone hate a decade that gave us the Dairy Queen Trita pizza? Solid point. I was going to say, see, but I think the, the Trita pizza is a good example of, of why the 90s sucked. Because while the treats of pizza is delicious, it's basically just an ice cream cake with the ingredients in a different order, and people were excited about it. <laughs> no, that's not accurate at all, though. The treats of pizza has that like thick, like cookie base to it, which which that thick cookie base is literally the stuff in the middle of a Dairy Queen ice cream cake. Yeah, but packed, you've completely into a you... disc. When you alter the amount of each ingredient, you get a new product, right? Yeah. Like you put enough chocolate chips in a cookie, it just becomes a chocolate cookie, not a chocolate chip cookie, right? And it's the same you can, thing that treats pizza versus an ice cream cake. You can say that, but I would compare it more to a KFC sadness bowl in which – so it's mashed potatoes. Well, sorry, I don't think we have that here. <laughs> the famous bowl? I'm sure you do. Oh, uh, it's – it's basically a bowl with mashed potatoes with a little bit of chicken and some gravy and cheese on top of it and corn, I think. And that would be like saying, yeah, but if you make a pile of chicken and put some mashed potatoes and gravy and corn and cheese on it, it's a different product. That might be true, but it's also fucking dumb. I don't want to hear any more about your stupid bowl. This bowl sounds disgusting to me. <laughs> Listen, I know for a fact that the KFC Double Down was the number one fast food sandwich in Canada for a very, very long time. <laughs> and that even failed here because people were like, I don't want to hold two greasy pieces of chicken with bacon between them. Here it was like a it was like a challenge thing. I, up here, like everybody would be like I bet you you couldn't eat one of those, or and then somebody else would be like, "Oh, I can't. You, you couldn't eat one, two of those." We'd have days where in like our office where everybody would get one. So I never actually tried one. So. Oh Jesus Christ! All I'm imagining is it some kind of like old west take a shot challenge, but with KFC double downs. Go ahead, <laughs> try, try the chicken, eh? 
Try it. I bet you can't have five of them, you piece of shit. <laughs> I, never, I never saw anyone eat more than two, just so we're clear. I never actually had one. I, I do think the concept of two pieces of KFC with some bacon sounds great. Listen, it tasted good, but it was also two burning hot pieces of chicken out of a deep fryer <laughs> that you had to hold with your hands. But you're forgetting that this was at a time when people were trying to reduce their carbs, so you couldn't put bread around the outside of your sandwich. So, But but the chicken was breaded. Exactly. You can't put bread on bread. That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> Look, KFC tastes pretty good. It's hard to argue that point. It is hard to argue it, It's point. certainly not good for you, but it tastes pretty good. And adding bacon to something inherently makes it better regardless of what you're adding bacon to. So if you put bacon on top of KFC, that's got to be great. Again, I haven't personally tried it. I, I just assume it's awesome. Although I've been, leaning, I've been leaning more towards Popeye's because you can get spicy chicken rather than just regular chicken. Right, but if but Pop, what you get spicy chicken and the then you, chicken. And then you just put some bacon on top of that, though. Oh, yeah. It'd still It'd be, be great. It, yeah, it'd make it better. Uh down south, I do believe they're called Brosters. It's Brosters fried chicken is the tits. Oh my god. You ever heard of Kane's chicken? <laughs> no. Yes, so. That sounds, that sounds yeah. intense for some reason. You guys gotta get yourself to a Swiss chalet. Maybe come here, we'll do a Swiss chalet one night and then head over to a St. Hubert the next night. That's what we need to do. What uh, in the fuck did you <laughs> say? <laughs> so... So when I went to Cinema Wasteland last year, we got we got into Cleveland kind of late, and we're like, oh, man, we need to get something to eat. And Kane's Chicken was the only place that was open, and it's all, like, just chicken, chicken tenders, that kind of stuff. <clears throat> so we go through the drive-thru, and there's, like, two cars in front of us. And I hear the guy ordering, and when the person comes on the loudspeaker, they go, cluck, cluck, chicken, chicken, what can I get for you? And I'm just like, I didn't I didn't hear that correct, did I? So then we moved up and the next car gets up and they go, Cluck cluck, chicken chicken, what can I get for you? And so me and Amanda just lose it in the car and we could not keep a straight face when we got up to order. So all weekend we just kept saying, Cluck cluck, chicken chicken. I would have beat them to it. I would have pulled <laughs> up a bit like, Cluck cluck, chicken chicken, motherfucker, I got an order. <laughs> Uh, I just felt so bad for anybody that has to work that drive through I'm like, could you imagine? That's your job. You just all day say cluck, cluck, chicken, chicken. It's like I would shoot myself. Well, that's like, I'm assuming you guys have been to a Cold Stone Creamery before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you, I don't know if they still do this, but they used to do a thing where if you put a tip in the tip jar, they had to like dance and do a fucking song. Oh, God. Yeah. And so the first time I did it, you know, I put $2 in there and they did the dance. And I, I'm i not joking. I looked at them and I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm about to put a $10 bill in here for making you do that dance. And I don't want you to do that. And I was like, and if you'd like, I will go buy you a cyanide tablet to put into this tip jar. Because that might be the only way out for you now. <laughs> There used to be a burger chain here called Licks, I think. And they would literally sing in the back while they were cooking. It was part of their job description. 
And it was like, it was so annoying that I had to never go there again because of how annoying the singing was. <laughs> and I'm like, can you imagine working here and just having to deal with that constantly? I, I don't know. Like, why would anyone do that to themselves? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe people think it's bad enough working at a fast food place. Like, well, if we have them sing, it'll lighten their spirits up. Yeah, but not if you have to sing the same thing over and over again like that. Oh, no. It'd be terrible. <sighs> I worked at Kmart in high school, and I got annoyed by these same songs playing over the uh, overhead music every, uh-huh. like, hour and a half. So I couldn't imagine having to actually sing that stuff. Let's let's stop talking about that before I start having flashbacks. <laughs> okay. Uh, finish, so back to the finish, email. Finish the letter. <laughs> Uh, Doug noted that he was watching the Batman serials from the 1940s. Rift Tracks has one of these serials available for purchase. There's a lot of hilarious commentary regarding Batman's regular car, the wizard and his henchman Gabe and the general cheesiness of the entire series. And they've also done uninvited, which, you know, we mentioned as well. The, the, the car thing is awesome because in the 1949 Batman serial, they don't have a Batmobile. They're just driving, and then, like, either Batman or Robin climbs into the back seat and changes into their costume while the other one drives, and then they switch. <laughs> and at one point, like, the Vicky Vale character, like, catches Batman in the car and is like, hey, why are you driving Bruce Wayne's car? And he has to make up an excuse on the spot. And you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's so dumb. Nice. But it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. You're Bruce Wayne. No, I'm not. <laughs> it's Nuh-uh. pretty much that. It's pretty much that. Yeah. Oh, I, I had a blast watching that, even though it's objectively not good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says, Brian, keep watching those Amityville yard sale movies. The movie Amityville 1992, It's About Time, is particularly hilarious. Uh, it's the original house with a clock in its walls. I don't know if that's better or worse. I haven't seen House of a Clock with clock in its walls. Fun fact, in uh, about 1992 or 1993, I was walking through a place called Jumbo Video, and I found that movie available for rent, and that's when I decided to not watch Amityville movies anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the conversation with my buddy, like, is this, this is about a haunted clock, isn't it? I, I think it is. I'll just go ahead and put that one back, and we'll just find something different. Yeah, Mike's <laughs> home to watch something else, yeah. I remember seeing it there just going, oh, my God. <laughs> and, you know, you're like, whatever I was, 13 or 14 years old, going, I can't believe how stupid this looks. <laughs> Someday, clock. someone I know will buy it on Blu-ray with three <laughs> other movies about haunted objects from the MDB. <sighs> uh, looking forward to the Sword and Sandal movies. I might have to check out Hercules in the Haunted World. Your friend Kent. Hopefully you did. Yeah. Uh, two thirds of us hope you do. Um, see what you did with your treats at pizza. Nice long discussion about fast food. <laughs> Jesus, that was arguably ridiculous of us to get involved in that whole debate. Uh, um, anybody watch anything since last week? Uh, a limited amount. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You can just tell us what you watch. You don't have to, like, assign a title to it. Yes, yes, I do. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think you know me very well. Uh so I, as as I was saying earlier in the episode, I wanted to watch more uh Reg Hercules movies, but I did not have easy quick access to them. Uh so instead I yanked out my special copy of uh Clash of the Titans, rewatched that. Nice. The the original one, not that fucking abomination with Liam Neeson. We we know nobody watches the abomination. <laughs> uh, and guess what? It's it's still fucking fantastic. It's, yeah. it's not it, really it, it's it's not worth talking about. No. It's great. It hasn't gotten worse over the years. No, never. I, uh, I was playing with my old Clash of the Titans toys last week, so found the Kraken, which was missing several of its limbs, but it was still fun to get to hold it again. I'm, I wasn't aware that there were Clash of the Titans toys, and now I'm sad that I don't have any. Yes. I only have uh, basically Perseus and the Kraken. I don't know if there were any others. Still dope. Yep. Uh, and then after I watched that, I decided I wanted to get uh, a little more Hercules in my life, even though I couldn't get that Hercules. So I watched Hercules Unchained, mm. which is from 1959, I do believe. Uh, and it's one of the uh, Steve Reeve Hercules movies, which are which are way fucking different. It's it's. I, I always have a hard time describing it. So it is sword and sandal, but it's sword and sandal crossed with golden age of Hollywood. Mm. <laughs> does that, yeah. does that make any sense to you guys? Like everybody's overly pretty and overly clean and overly made up. And like at the beginning of the scene, they're traveling by covered wagon, which and doesn't seem greasy in at all. It seems like <laughs> it doesn't seem right at all in a Hercules movie. Yeah, like like they were filming a western and they were just like, ah, fuck it. Nobody knows the fucking difference. And like a woman sings a very modern ass song, like as they're traveling, <laughs> like you know that kind of Look, stuff. We we got the covered wagon in the storage. We need to use it. So he's driving a covered wagon. Get over it. Might have even just been a stock shot of a covered wagon. And like, just stick it in there; it'd be fine, right? And, and like I said, so they're these are way different because they're they're fun, but they're much more like kids' movies than than Hercules in the Haunted World is. Like, that's just a movie. That's just people making a movie. This is people making a movie specifically to entertain a family. Uh, besides that, almost a lot of the the criticisms and good things about it are the exact same as Hercules in the Haunted World. Like, it's more like a series of vignettes of smaller stories rather than one overarching story. Uh, he's got a buddy character, only in this case it's uh, Ulysses instead of Theseus. And uh, there's a really sad story that the the lady who is the main female character. Uh, made this movie and then made one more movie and then died of leukemia. Oh, well, that's real. Oh, oh, which is real fun. She's so young, too. You know, like, I, I started reading the trivia and found that out, and I was like, oh, my God, that is so fucked. She died at, like, 26. 
but yeah, besides that, it's it's cool. I I think I like Reg more than I like Steve. Yeah, I did enjoy Reg. Like I said, it makes me curious to watch some of his other movies. I just don't know if uh, if I'm gonna like him as much without uh, Bava involved. I, mean, I, th- I think Bava was the uh, the key to that that yeah. film. So. In- interestingly enough, uh, in Hercules Unchained, I can't remember who the actual director is, but part of that movie was directed by Mario Bava. Uncredited. Yeah. Nice. I'm assuming they had to do reshoots or something. Mm-hmm. But that's it. That's all I have to watch. What'd you watch, Doug? Uh, I had sort of random assortment of stuff. Um, one of my buddies texted me and asked me if I knew why nobody else liked the 2003 movie Wonderland. So I took that as a challenge and decided I had to watch it to, uh, <laughs> to be able to answer his question. Is that the one about John Holmes? Yeah, it is. It's all right. Yeah, it, that's exactly my response is it's all right. Um, so Val Kilmer plays John Holmes. Um, bunch of bunch of actors in it that are good. Lisa Kudrow's in it. Kate Bosworth. Um, Dermot Mulroney plays the main character. He's probably one of the not as strong performances, but yeah, I mean, basically for people who don't know, there was John Holmes was a huge porn star in the seventies. Huge being the operative word. Apparently, I I only know him and, from this movie, and it kind of starts after his career. But I was going to say, and a fucking monster. Apparently, yeah. So, he's a very bad person. Yeah, and so this movie takes place in the early '80s, where he's basically just a junkie who's living off of other people's, living off his reputation, so he can do drugs and party for free. And it, there are some murders that take place, and he is directly involved but it's basically him and another character are the two people who kind of survived it and it's it's a bit of an interesting story because they both gave very different stories to the cops both end up involving this other guy a few different people get charged nobody gets convicted of anything because all they have is these conflicting stories to go off of um the movie's interesting because what they do is they have they tell each story individually so as you're watching the first story take place you're getting this one guy telling the story to the cops and you're just kind of taking it verbatim but then when they bring the other guy in he starts telling his version of the story and you're seeing the same same scenes from a different perspective from a different storyteller and it's like oh well that's interesting because now i have no idea what's true which is i think the idea right like really nobody does know what happened at the time because the only people that survived it were not reliable sources so it was an interesting filmmaking technique which I like I enjoyed it on that level the performances are really really good from almost everybody um the only problem is it was made in the early 2000s so they do that weird thing where they use like color filters and shit to try to make their movies seem more important than it is and every now and again they do some slow motion so that you'll know to pay really close attention to that scene and that kind of pretentious nonsense bugs the shit out of me so I think I think if this movie had been made like you know a few years earlier or a few years later and we didn't have it made in that right period where they were doing that stuff I think it probably would have been better but it was still pretty good 
I always feel it's weird to make a movie about John Holmes without going into the fact that he very much knowingly and intentionally gave a whole shit ton of people AIDS. Yeah. That's not the story of this particular movie. Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I almost feel like this movie shouldn't have been made for that specific reason. You don't get to talk about John Holmes without going John Holmes intentionally gave a bunch of people AIDS. Yeah. Because he's a piece of shit. Well, yes, and giving people AIDS on purpose makes you a piece of shit. I don't think anybody's arguing that point. But... I don't know. Val Kilmer may or may not be a piece of shit. Hey, I'm back. Is there. So, that's, uh... That's problematic from for trying to enjoy the movie now if you haven't seen it in the past. Well made and everything like that, though. Uh, so I don't, I don't know much what, else to say about it. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Yeah, I don't. I don't recall that one at all. I feel like either people have seen it or they haven't seen it, or uh, they just know the song. Hey, so hey. I dropped out for a while because my internet just disappeared. Yeah. So the last thing I heard was you saying you didn't know if Val Kilmer was an asshole or not. Oh, we're way past that. All right. So what movie are you talking uh, about now? We were talking about St. Elmo's Fire. Oh, yeah, I saw it a long time ago. Yeah. I don't know. I was just saying I found it difficult to relate to because I find the characters are not universal. And I imagine the movie is... It's it's one of those beloved movies, but I think it's beloved with a generation of people who saw it at the right age. So. Yeah, I don't remember being a big fan of it. So, I don't know. That's I was asked by a listener to this very podcast about whether I people should go back and see it if they haven't seen it and I'm like I, if you think you can relate to these characters yeah because it is sort of I had said I can't believe now you're making me repeat myself just because you're stupid Sorry. and it doesn't work but um, yeah no I had said like it's kind of like the breakfast club except the archetypal characters aren't as um, they're not as universal right so it's like you're not going to immediately see yourself in one of these characters I don't think unless you happen to be a yuppie from the 80s mm-hmm. so yeah I don't know if you, I don't know if you are or not so uh, not that I'm aware of but yeah. yeah I remember being like ooh it's another like John Hughes-esque type movie for me to watch and then I watched yeah. it I'm like oh well this isn't nearly as fun no then never watch it again there are some solid performances in it. Uh, Demi Morris, I thought, was particularly good in it. Rob Lowe has funny hair in it, which was good to see. <laughs> you could, I was trying to trace the evolution of, like, how did he get his hair from this to the hockey hair in Youngblood? That's what I was trying to figure out while I was watching <laughs> this movie. Which is not a sign of a quality film when you're trying to do that math in your head. Um, what else did I watch? I watched Toy Story this week. Have you guys ever seen Toy Story? <laughs> like the Pixar movie Toy Story? Yeah. Of course. I've seen all of them. Okay. I've never seen it before. Really? Like it made me watch it this week. Yeah. Oh. So here, here's the interesting thing about my life because I've been dealing with children most of my life because I've been an uncle since I was like 13. I've had to sit through tons of kids' movies over the years. So if there didn't happen to be a kid that wanted me to watch a kids' movie, I generally never saw it. Yeah. Because you get 
sick of watching kids movies with these kids, especially because they watch the same ones over and over again. Right. Sure. So no kid ever made me sit down and watch this. So I never watched it. Finally, a kid did. I was so pleasantly surprised by how good this movie is. <laughs> like, no wonder there's four of these. Right. <laughs> like, it's, you know, there's, there's character arcs and there's, you know, good storytelling. And I, I really liked it. And then, you know, of course, like just the simple kind of kid's humor is, is fun as well. But Yeah. I don't know. I, I think maybe everybody else in the world has seen that movie except me. <laughs> so I don't know if there's much left to be said about it. But I was like, I was genuinely enjoying it. Oh, yeah. Toy Story is great. I don't know. I might, uh, might check out the sequels. We'll see. Yeah. Or I might say I'm going to and then never get around to it. They don't, they don't, nec- they don't necessarily get better. No? Yeah. I mean, it's. You don't get a whole. The, the quality goes down, but not like I think the second one's pretty good, and then the third one's like a little worse, and then I haven't seen the fourth one. I enjoyed all of them for their own different reasons, but now I'm just imagining Doug like putting his kid to bed and turning on Toy Story, <laughs> and so his kid like hears it in the other room and is having these like, "Man, Dad put me to bed just watching all the good movies." <laughs> <sighs> Like watching something completely inappropriate with him and then stick him in bed so I can watch the kids shows. <laughs> Dad, I can hear him singing, You got a friend in me. I know what you're watching. Shut up, go to bed. He doesn't, you know, it's the best part of watching this movie with my kid is he doesn't like the singing. He's <laughs> like, I don't like the music, Dad. And I'm like, oh, it's, I don't know what to do here. It's part of the movie, buddy. <laughs> it's pretty hard to fast forward through that. <laughs> so. Um, the music is definitely the worst part of those movies. Yeah, it's Randy Newman. You get to me. You get me. Sitting on the toilet, writing a song. You got a friend in me. Something you might find interesting is they went to Mattel to ask them to use Barbie in that movie. And Mattel is like, no way. We would never ever let someone else use our intellectual property of Barbie. I'm like, all right. So that's why a little boat keeps in that movie. Part two came out. <laughs> Please put Barbie in your movie. We'll let you do whatever you want. The Barbies in every movie after that. Oh, see if I were them, I never would have put Barbie in my movie. I'd had other stand-ins constantly rubbing their face. That's funny because they get like, they name drop Mattel at one point too. Because the uh, characters all say where they're from, and where they're from is the company that made them. So. Uh, Michael Keaton voices Ken in the third one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And now he's back as Batman, and it all comes full circle. Yeah, I don't think we've talked about that. Yeah. Rumor is Michael Keaton coming back as Batman, possibly, in the Flashpoint movie. The latest rumor I heard is Keaton's back, so is Affleck. And then somebody tried to say Bale's back, but I don't believe that for a second. No. So there could be as many as, but you'd still have Pattinson, you'd have Keaton, and you'd have um, Affleck all as Batman, all simultaneously, it, You know, depending on where you turn on your TV. That's crazy to me. Yeah, but people really want uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan to show up as Thomas Wayne Batman, which I would be all yep. about. Yeah, I don't know. Morgan has said he'd he'd be up for it. So, oh yeah, he's 
he's more than said he'd be up for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you know, he's implied that he keeps calling Warner Brothers and asking <laughs> him if he can do it. The Michael Keaton one is the only one I'm like, I want Michael Keaton back as Batman. Like, that idea has been floating around as, like, to do, like, a Batman Beyond with him. Yeah. I love that idea. I just, I don't know about bringing him, like, I feel like you ruin your opportunity if you bring him in now when everything's such a mess at DC. Yeah. So I... Especially with the Flash movie. Yeah. It sounds like that's going to be a whole convoluted mess as it is, especially if Ezra Miller ends up getting fired, which we haven't heard anything, so I'm assuming he's not going to be, but... Jesus. Yeah, I just, my opinion is you... My opinion on all this DC shit is just fucking shut it all down. Just admit you're fucked up and start over. And then you can start over however you want. You can start over and just do standalones or whatever, but it's not working. Like, and now you're going to have this Snyder cut of Justice League out there, and it's like, well, how are you going to explain this continuity? You're never going to be able to, so stop trying. Yeah. And like, I, I think you could have, like, two Batman movies come out in the same year and if it was different guys playing Batman you're just like everyone would just understand they're separate movies but once you start reusing the actors I think that's when everyone's okay so then this is part of that same universe well how does it work and it doesn't work is the answer so Mm -hmm. you're fucked Hmm. anyways I don't know I don't know we'll see it's one giant mess yeah I don't and then it turns out Joss Whedon was mean to people on set. We got to hear about that now. Yeah. So I don't. I forget the actor's name that played Cyborg. Apparently says Joss Whedon was mean. <laughs> Grossly unprofessional. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but. Well, that's the thing. I, I hate. Like, they make these accusations. It's like, if you're going to say something like that, you got to be specific, man. Cause I don't know. I don't know whose side to take until I know what happened. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't care. So I'm not going to take either side regardless of what comes out, but somebody who wants to be involved, how do you, you can't support the guy if you don't know what the situation is. So it's probably just a mistake. Just do it the way he's doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Again, giant mess. Yeah. Yeah. DC is really, I just, I can't believe it. Well, I mean, I can't believe how bad they've screwed it up, but I, I don't know how, like, when Man of Steel came out and people went to the theaters and saw that, regardless of what the box office numbers are, I don't remember if it was considered a success or not. It doesn't matter. At the end of it, how do you not go, okay, let's not go this direction. This is probably a mistake. Mm-hmm. And if, if you don't have enough respect for the stories to do that then you're probably not going to be successful in building your universe yeah <sighs> especially when somebody's already sort of laid out the template yeah like, how do you keep fucking this up yeah your options are do a bunch of origin stories and then combine your characters or do a bunch of standalone movies that don't connect to each other. That's it. Yeah. Those are your two options. And they're like, no, no, we can invent a third option where we do one movie. And then the second one is a combination of all of the best storylines we've ever heard of from comics so that nobody else is ever allowed to use them again. <laughs> yeah. Fucking genius. 
it all hinges on their mothers having oh, for fuck's sakes. Here we go. <laughs> God damn it. <sighs> now I'm not gonna sleep tonight, you know that, right? See people keep clamoring for this Snyder cut and I keep wanting to remind everybody, just remember Snyder's idea was they both have a mom named Martha, so don't be expecting too much out of this. Yeah. The the worst part of the DCU to this point is Zack Snyder. Why on earth would you think that his cut of the movie is the better version of the movie? And it may even be better, but this doesn't still doesn't mean it's going to be good. Again, I, I feel bad. I, uh, several of the actors have been good in their roles and have been well cast and stuff. But you just got to scrap him in. That's what it's all you can do. Yeah. Uh, and I thought they were smart enough to know that with bringing in the patents and Batman thing. I'm like, okay, they're going. They're just going to go a different direction. But then they're like, no, we can now do this Birds of Prey movie that's kind of connected to the other, <sighs> but not really. And I'm like, no, you can't. It can't be kind of connected. It either has to be connected or not connect. Oh, for fuck's sakes, they're doing it. Uh, anyways. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Although, you know what else I watched this week? was a couple What's more that? Marvel movies to get oh, us on a positive yeah. talk. Yeah, so I watched Black Panther because that was next on my list. Wakanda. Yeah. That movie holds up pretty well. If you guys are wondering, you probably were expecting it too. Yeah, I haven't watched it in a while. I need to rewatch it because I really enjoyed it when I saw it. It's the weirdest thing for me watching it because it's a comic book movie. It's very clearly a comic book movie. It doesn't hide that fact at all. I really like the performances. I really like the storytelling. I'm not a huge fan of the visuals, which is weird. It's like I like the look of Wakanda. I like the, the like the big fights in the waterfall, but when you get the two Black Panther guys fighting each other at the end, I don't love that, which is kind of the climax of the movie, and it goes on like way too long, in my opinion. You, you have a problem with two guys in jet black suits fighting in a dark room? <laughs> hey, one's got yeah, purple they, energy, the other one's got orange energy. It's easy yeah. to tell them apart. Yeah, I, I just... I don't appreciate your use of the term guys to describe the cartoon characters that were fighting for 10 minutes. <laughs> that's the issue. Um, that's the issue the, from my perspective. It just gets way too CGI-y, um, and it takes, takes you out of the moment. I mean, they, it saves itself, because then at the end they take the, the mask off Michael B. Jordan, and he gets to do his thing again where he's a great actor. So it's like, okay, I can get back into the movie for the final scene, but it's... Uh, I mean, that's just my opinion. I'm sure other people like those fight scenes. It's purely subjective, but... Which, do you think it's a good idea to kill him off at the end of that movie? No. I feel like he's such a great villain, and I I use the term villain in quotes because I feel like there's a lot of complexity to his character. That's what I like about this. A lot more with him in in some sequential movies. One of the things I really like about that character is that he's like everything he does you're like yeah i can see that like if the, you could reshoot this movie and make him the hero right mm-hmm. yeah like the you know what i mean like the long lost tribesman who comes back and takes control of his tribe and then uses the powers that that tribe has to go and free people from other countries that he thinks are being oppressed yeah. like 
he, he could, that could easily be a, a hero's story if you just told it slightly different. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, they, they do a good job of walking that line. So I, I think it's, yeah. And they killed him off. They killed Andy Serkis' character off there. I don't forget his name. But that, it's like, kill, killing off Claw was the biggest fucking mistake of that whole movie. I know people really like Killgrave, but Claw was set up to be such a great fucking standalone bad guy in a future movie, and they just pissed it all away. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it is a bit unfortunate. I mean, whatever. It is what it is. I mean, maybe you had actors who said they were only going to stay for so long or whatever. So. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, Black Panther's a very, very good movie. <sighs> and uh, after that, I had, I had no choice but to move on and watch Infinity War. That was next on the list. So oh, yeah. that movie holds up, too, if you guys are wondering. Yeah, I'll watch that one but, in a uh, while. I've... Yeah. Been doing the thing where I go back and watch the last forty-five minutes of uh, yeah, game. Games. So yeah. it is fascinating. I didn't, I, for whatever reason, I didn't remember having not seen Infinity War in so long. How long the climax of that movie is, where there's the the two fights going on Star Wars style. We get the fight on the planet, and then the fight down on Earth happening simultaneously. Yeah. It's like you know, it is like forty minutes or something of the movie. Is that you're like oh. They're starting to line up for the final fight, and there's just a lot left. <laughs> okay. So, but yeah, I, uh, yeah. I want to take a day and watch both of them back to back, like just one giant long movie. That seems like it'd be fun to do. That's, I was originally planning to do that, but then I realized I've got this far of watching the MCU in chronological order. I should probably not <laughs> break it now. It's just disrespectful to Ant-Man and the Wasp if I skip it, so. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, Infinity War, the thing that blows, like, there's certain things about that movie that are, like, work every time, but every now and again there's just something that sticks out to me, and, like, this time it was, like, kind of some of the meta humor that stuck out to me. Like, there's a, there's a point in that movie where Peter Parker gets his new iron suit and he makes it up onto the spaceship and he looks at Tony Stark and he's like, you know, technically this is your fault. You gave me the suit that allowed me to be here. Tony like gets really upset with him. And I'm like, they are totally calling out the fact that everything is always Tony's fault. <laughs> like that's a little joke in there for those of us who remember the last five movies were all his fault. Maybe this one technically isn't, but <laughs> it's like, Jesus, I-, I love those little moments of humor in there every now and again that pop out where I'm just like, oh yeah, they're just, they know what they're doing, don't they? So, I don't know. But I'm sure we've talked about these movies to death, so there's no point in me dragging it out. But I, I wasn't even going to bring them up, but then I'm like, ah, we got to get off this DC bullshit. So. <laughs> you guys want to hear about great superhero movies? And then that ending still gets to me, though. That mm-hmm. when, when Spider-Man fades away, I'm like, God damn it. I was hoping it'd be different this time. <laughs> he wouldn't. Yeah, disappear. it'll be fine. Still cracks me up that uh, uh, in in game when Spider Man comes swinging back on screen, that everybody started cheering like, "Oh my God, he's back!" I'm like, "Y'all know there was another movie coming out of his 
couple months, right? Yeah. It's not. No one was thinking about that in the movie. I, I had somebody accuse me of saying a spoiler before the movie came out because I was talking about I wonder how they're going to bring Spider-Man back. And they were like, well, why would you say Spider-Man's back? And I was like, because there's another, there's another Spider-Man movie. They're, they're already making it. So he has to come back. And they're like, oh, that's a spoiler. And I was like, I don't I don't oh. think that's a spoiler. <laughs> I don't think that counts. It's not. Oh, and it's also an assumption you were making. You could have theoretically been wrong. I mean, I, I suppose it could have been Morales or something. Yeah, or it could have been a prequel or whatever. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you ruin this this movie that they've announced is already having a sequel? Probably with the same person. Yeah. People get upset about weird things. They do. Uh, you got anything else? I do not have anything else. So, uh... uh so, Voodoo had a sale. Movies for $5. They had both of the... Or actually... They had you get two movies for eight dollars, so they were four dollars a piece. And they had both of the FX movies, which I have never seen before. So I figured like this was a good opportunity to check them out. Uh, so the first one, nineteen eighty six, uh, Brian Dennehy, and do you know what the other dude's name is? Brian Brown. I think that's his I name? I don't know. I have no idea. He's definitely one of those guys that you see him, you're like, oh, yeah, that guy. But no idea what, what his actual name is. Uh, he's like a movie special effects guy and is hired by some uh, some some leg of the, uh, the police of some sort. Like, I don't know what their technical title is, but they essentially hire him to fake... The assassination of a mobster in public. And so, of course, he signs on for it. And then it turns out they had double-crossed him and the mob guy dies for real. And then he's on the run because they're saying that he he did it. And he has to use his special effects know-how to escape from the mob and whatever this police force is. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, not as much effects stuff as I was hoping in the first one, but yeah, it was all right. Like I enjoyed it. Uh, but then I followed that one up with the second one and I feel like the second one delivers a little bit more of what I was hoping, which is, uh, so someone apparently stole some gold doubloons from some museum that apparently were crafted by Michelangelo himself and they were unable to sell them on the black market because everybody knows what they are. And so he gets involved with uh, some shady people after his brother-in-law is a cop and uh, he ends up getting killed on a job that 
he was helping him with. And then it leads to this whole gold doubloon nonsense. And again, he has to use his special effects know-how to escape from whoever's after him. And uh, I feel like this one delivered more on what I was looking for. Just a lot more crazy fun stuff. Um, he has this giant animatronic clown, which is terrifying. That apparently you can just wear like a bodysuit and it will follow your movements. So he uses it to like fight criminals and stuff. Like it's kind of insane. Um, so yeah, that stuff was fun. Um, I don't know if I loved them quite as everybody else, as much as everybody else seems to, but I'm sure if I saw these when I was like 10, like I probably would have loved them just like everybody else did. Uh, I've never seen those uh, movies, but I remember them being hugely popular. So, yeah, like I said, a lot more action in the second one. So definitely worth checking out. Uh, and the only other thing I watched was The Five Bloods, this new Spike Lee movie on Netflix. Um, so a group of uh, Vietnam vets who were all together in a black platoon that was led by uh, Black Panther. Uh, he he ends up dying when they're originally in Vietnam. And this is the story of the, the other four returning Vietnam because it turns out they had discovered a shipment of gold uh, during their run in Vietnam and decided to hide it and bury it and then they would all come back for it later and so it's a bunch of uh, old guys returning to Vietnam to find this gold and also find the remains of their leader and return those as well um, the movie's really long. It's like three three hours long. Two and a half? Yeah, doesn't matter. Um, just settle in for, for a good long movie if you're going to watch it. But I ended up really enjoying it. I did kind of like the uh, sort of heist aspect of it. Of them sort of preparing and... Okay, we get, this is about where we think it ended up and like all this other stuff. And then, of course, there's like militants like also looking for the gold and they kind of run into them and then everybody's sort of dealing with their own uh, emotions of returning to Vietnam so many years later and what their life has turned out like like one of them has has become a gigantic Trump supporter which is terrifying and uh the way he explains like why he's sort of turned out this way you could kind of see like his life's been kind of shitty ever since Vietnam and he sort of has the attitude of uh, nobody's ever looked out for me so I don't give a shit about all these other people like being you know banned out of the country and all this other you know political stuff that they sort of bring up so it's just interesting to watch all of these personalities sort of clash together. And then the interesting thing that something I found interesting anyway. So they have a bunch of flashbacks too when they were in Vietnam. Um, but all of the old guys play themselves like when they were younger, 
but they don't like de-age them or anything. They're just, they're just there. And so it almost plays like they're sort of, it's sort of like a memory and it's just them, like their presence at their current age and what, what the, the sort of the flashback is about, which I thought was kind of cool and. Just an interesting way to do it where you have stuff like the Irishman where they spent a billion dollars to de-age everybody and all this stuff where Spike Lee took a more uh, different approach. Like, eh, just think think maybe it's more like a memory and they're sort of seeing themselves now like in this memory. And you're kind of like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And then you don't even have to worry about all that nonsense. So, Yeah. Yeah, so I thought it was really cool. I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was a really good story, and yeah. So it's up on Netflix. I would recommend if anybody is looking for something interesting to watch. That sounds pretty interesting, actually. Yeah, I didn't really have much interest in it, and I heard another podcast talk about it, and I'm like, oh, that actually sounds way interesting, so... Give it a shot and enjoy it. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. Uh, all right, Doug. What are we doing next week? Oh, yeah. Shit, that's my job, right? Yeah. Um, uh, next week, we need some more 80s movies. We haven't done enough 80s lately. So, uh, the 80s-iest things I could find on the list, uh, Iron Eagle and Red Dawn. Oh, so I was actually looking at those. I'm like, I wonder if it's Red Dawn and Iron Eagle. It's a little bit of well-directed teenage uh, (laughs) regression where they just, uh, you know, sure, sure. We're uh, we're fighting back against the man. But in this case, the man deserves it. So the man is Russian invaders and Iranian kidnappers, I believe. (laughs) So that sounds about right. I think that's right. I believe it's Iranian kidnappers in the uh, in Iron Eagle. Yeah, so I know the Russian part's right. Yeah, I haven't seen Iron yeah, Eagle yeah. forever. We, we will be doing the 1984 uh, uh, Red Dawn, oh, yeah. not the not the remake, so that nobody gets confused and watches that remake. Yeah. <laughs> Which, to be fair, I haven't seen, so I won't comment on. But it sucks. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty confident it sucks. <laughs> But it's got a Helmsworth in it. Yeah, not one of the good ones. Oh, Wait, Christopher Helmsworth's in that, right? I don't know who's in it. I think Chris Helmsworth, but that still doesn't mean it's good. I know they're I know they're definitely North Koreans and not not the uh, not the Chinese because apparently. Hollywood's still yeah. just racist enough that they think if you change the flag, then nobody will know it's racist. <laughs> there's, there's just no, there's no nice way to say it. Hollywood just thinks all Asians look the same. Pretty much. Or look the same enough that they don't want to, that they're willing to CGI in some flags to get released in China. <laughs> so, yeah. Hmm. Next week should be fun. Hopefully, both these movies hold up really well, but I'm not so sure. <laughs> but it's been a long time since I saw either one. I feel like I read, watched Red Dawn a couple years ago and still enjoyed it, but yeah, I, 
I'll just tell our listeners now. Hopefully you watched these in the 80s and you will not be coming back to them. If you're watching them for the first time trying to keep up with us, I wish you the best of luck. (laughs) (laughs) So basically next week it's just going to be us talking about all the foreign people we're not supposed to like. Wolverines! I have a feeling we're just going to devolve into a discussion of Wolverine at some point because I don't trust us to stay on topic. What? We don't ever have a problem with that. I think if you go back and listen to this week's show, you're going to notice that we do. (laughs) I don't know what in the treats of pizza you're talking about. (laughs) (sighs) Well, technically that was during the, the shoot the shit segment. We were allowed to talk about whatever we want after the break. We were not on topic during the main part of the show either, though. <laughs> yeah. um, All right, now somebody say something clever so we can end the show. I got nothing. So, something clever. Oh, God. I don't know. I felt like I already burned. I already burned the ghost dog reference for the episode. I know you ruined it. You ruined it. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.